0: This podcast may contain graphic and or explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners, especially kids like me. (laughs) Listener discretion is advised.
1: You're listening to the Real Life Podcast, brought to you by the Thin Blue Line for Women. In this podcast... We open up and talk about real-life issues as they relate to first responders. It's raw, it's real, and it's about time. I'm Tamara, your host. Thanks for joining me. Don't forget, you can listen to the Real Life Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, Overcast... Pocket Casts, and on YouTube. Thank you for joining us. Are you interested in CSI or forensics? The Forensic Science Academy program has been recognized as the premier training program completely dedicated to students who are launching their forensic career. The Academy offers specialized hands-on training modules in basic and advanced crime scene investigation, forensic photography, fingerprint identification and classification, crime scene management, and corner investigations. Instruction is offered in the form of weekend workshops, online courses, webinars, and seminars. Training at the Academy of Forensic Science will give students the competitive edge employers and agencies are looking for when hiring. Past graduates are now working as crime scene investigators, private investigators, forensic pathologists, coroner investigators, forensic nurses, forensic accountants, and even criminalists. The courses are taught by forensic professionals who are experts in the field and hold membership in the International Association for Identification and other professional forensic organizations. For more information, visit ForensicScienceAcademy.org. Again, that's ForensicScienceAcademy.org. I've got some shout-outs to some special people who follow Thin Blue Line for Women on Facebook as well as Twitter. Tammy Breeding, who is a top fan over on Facebook, thank you so much for following us. And the rest are from Twitter, actually. So Alma, um, she's the one who has the yellow flower in her hair on her profile picture. I love you, Alma. Thank you for following. Author and retired law enforcement officer Donna Brown, who will be a guest in our upcoming podcast. Lee Roberts and her dog Otis Running Deer. Thank you. And Sharon Howard-Cloud and Anne Wedig. You guys are always, always liking my posts and... Saying funny things to make me laugh. Uh, Detective Blue Line, hello to you and Yoda. That was a special request. Sarah Jewell and Carrie Jones. You two ladies are always a joy. Always a joy on Twitter. Johnny Socks, who retweets and loves to shop on our website for Thin Blue Line products. He's the one you guys see sporting his black beanie with a Thin Blue Line flag. He retweets everything and he's such a special customer, such a special follower. Ron Ferris, Bev Johnson, Maxi, Darla Thompson, and Relentless Warrior, such a cool name. You guys are all amazing. I love all of you. Thank you so much for following. Thank you for always posting things and retweeting things for us. Really appreciate all of you. Hey everyone, welcome to the very first show of the podcast, Real Life. This is season one, episode one, and I have the most special guest with me today. It's my mom, Eileen. Hi, mom. Hi. And my mom just celebrated a birthday last week. How old are you?
0: 39. No.
1: No. Well, if I'm 50, you're not 39, so 76. <laughs> okay, happy birthday, Mom. Thank you. Um I wanted you on this very first episode because you were an integral part of my career. You've been there through all of it and you you read a couple of chapters of my book through my eyes. But I think it's important for listeners to hear from a family member of law enforcement because, you know, we talk about law enforcement all the time and we talk to officers all the time, but we don't really get the family's perspective. So I wanted you on the show because you're an important part of this. So without further ado, I have some questions for you. Um, The very first one is how did you feel when I first told you I was going into the Sheriff's Academy back in 1996, that was so long ago.
0: About the same way that I felt when you said you were going into the military.
1: <laughs> That's when I was 17, yes. and you and Dad had to sign papers for me to go into basic training because I was only 17. Do you right. remember that? We right. sat down at the table. So okay, so you said you felt the same as you did when I went into basic training, but what does that mean? Like, I what did you feel? I was
0: afraid for you, and what you were going to have to do or see and uh, I was
1: losing my daughter. Aw, don't make me cry. (laughs) Get some tissue, because my mom makes me cry a lot. Uh, Okay, Um, so yeah, I remember when I I went in the military, it was sad, I was only, uh, well, I was 18 when I went into basic training. Um, But yeah, it it sucked, I hated it. Um, It was really hard for an 18 year old to go through basic training, and to be away from my mom For such a long time. For the first time. For the first time ever. Yeah, that was sad. Um, can you tell me about one call that I went on um during my career, like in CSI when I was out on the road? Can you can you recall a call that I went on at all? Well, you
0: told me about it when you got home. I didn't worry about it too much until after you told me what it was all about. And then then I was afraid. Because uh you were wrestling with a man that had a gun and you were both in the ditch. I was afraid for you.
1: Oh, you're talking about the shots fired call. Okay, I remember that. Now, now that's, mm-hmm. that's interesting that you remember that one because I actually wrote a chapter about that in my book, Through My Eyes. Oh, that's chapter nine. It's titled Shots Fired. Do you remember uh, what happened when I got home that day? Because you were watching my daughter, your grandchild, that day. And do you remember, um, can you tell us a little bit about when I got home that day from that call?
0: Well, I was afraid the minute you walked in the door because you were all wet and bloody. And I thought that you had been hurt. And I had just gotten bad news that my husband had died. And then this with you. So I was so relieved when I knew it wasn't you that was hurt.
1: Yeah, we thought we got all the blood off me. <laughs> I'm not trying to make light of that, but I remember the fire department wa- hosing me down. Ugh, there was yeah, it was that was disgusting, and it was freezing that day. I remember it being so cold. Um Is that the only call you remember? Me going on? Did I not talk about calls?
0: Not too often, cuz I think you knew I would worry about you.
1: Yeah. Okay. Did you find yourself worrying about me more when I went to CSI, or did you worry about me more when I was in the jail?
0: Well, when you first started, I didn't worry about you as much because I thought you were safer because CSI always seems to go to the scene of the crimes after they're committed. That's true. But uh, to find out that you are available to go to the scene, when it's being committed, mm. made
1: mm-hmm. a whole difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, there's there's another chapter in my book titled Triple Homicide where I um, went to the scene first. Ugh. Anyway, okay. Let's scoop over that because I don't want to cry. Um, next question, Mom. Have you ever been to a law enforcement funeral? Yes, one. Can you tell me about it, what you remember?
0: It was for Kevin Ton, a young officer, canine officer. And the most that I can remember about it was his dog. His dog cried through the whole service. And the canine officers that came to the service later when we were leaving the the, the service, they had their dogs, too. And it seemed like they were all crying Mm. as if they have that sixth sense of knowing something was wrong.
1: Yeah. You know, I don't even remember that at all. That's not, it's interesting how you remember that and you recall that so clearly, but I don't recall that at all. And now I'm going to cry. The dogs made to cry. I don't remember that though. I just remember seeing the officer on the gurney that day. Oh gosh, let's not talk about this anymore. Whew, cause that's all I, that's all I remember seeing in my head was the officer. Um, cause I had to take pictures of him and his injury to his head. Okay. Let's skip over that. So you went to one law enforcement funeral. Okay. So mom, you're a Christian woman. Yes. Yes. How did God play a role in your life as a mother of a law enforcement child?
0: I had to pray a lot. I knew that you were in God's hands and uh He would give me peace about each day that you were out there. I depended on
1: Him. Ah, oh, that's a good answer. Whew. And with that, I think we need to take a break so we can uh, grab some tissues and uh wipe our, our tears. We'll be we'll be right back. Are you looking for Thin Blue Line gear? It's available on our website at thinbluelineforwomen.com. That's thinblueline, the number four, women.com. Show your support for law enforcement and get your Thin Blue Line gear today. Just click on shop at thinbluelineforwomen.com. Have you ever wondered what being a part of CSI is really like? If so, here's your chance to experience it. In my book titled Through My Eyes, CSI Memoirs That Haunt the Soul, Through My Eyes contains 11 personal accounts of the most grueling and heartbreaking crime scenes I worked during my 15 years in the Crime Scene Investigations Unit. While reading my book, you'll walk inside the crime scene tape with me. You'll catch a glimpse of what I saw, touched, smelled, and even tasted during an average work day. I'll take you on a difficult journey of memories, uncovering layers of emotional trauma left behind. Dare to join me? Through My Eyes is available now on Amazon. We are back from break. We've collected our thoughts and we're not crying anymore. The funeral that my mom was talking about is Officer Kevin Ton. He was with Galt PD. And I wrote about that in my book titled Through My Eyes. It is Chapter 11. For those of you who own the book and own the e-book, it's uh, Officer Down. Okay, so we have some more questions. How do you feel, mom, when you see a cop car on the road today?
0: That the officer is doing his job.
1: <laughs> okay, good answer. How do you feel when a cop is driving behind you? Well, the first thing
0: I do is look at my speedometer to see if I'm going too <laughs> fast. <laughs> Okay. And then try to pull over if he is wanting to get by me.
1: Well, do you do you get anxious or scared or nervous? Because I get like anxious still. I mean, I was a cop for 20 years and if a cop pulls up behind me right now, I get butterflies in my stomach. And I'm like, "What? What why do I have butterflies? I I was a cop for 20 years and I still get scared."
0: Uh, just a little bit, wondering you know, and if something's wrong with the car, if I
1: was speeding. <laughs> okay. I think it's normal for people to to feel anxious when a cop's behind them. Right. I, I was just trying to see if you felt that same way. Can you define a first responder?
0: That would be the, the officer that gets the first call. And then the EMTs, the fire department, whatever department, whatever other department that they might need to come out to the scene.
1: So, Okay. So who who can be first responders? Is it only law enforcement? So a first responder can be an EMT or a fire department personnel, right? So the first people, right? They're all. So sometimes when people refer to first responders, they think of law enforcement first, but that's not necessarily correct. Sometimes EMT is there first, you know. Sometimes fire department is there. you know, if there's a retired police officer or even like a nurse, they say like a nurse is driving her car or his car and they come up on an accident and they get out and they start helping because they're a nurse. They know what they're doing. That person will be the first responder in essence. Correct. Right.
0: Okay. I guess even a regular citizen could be a first that's, responder.
1: That's true. Do you know what the thin blue line represents?
0: it represents the law enforcement
1: okay do you know can you go into more detail Um, do you know what it means or did you not know until i didn't
0: know until you told me that it's the the line be, be between the good and the evil
1: yes a lot of people don't know that i'm going to read this it's actually from wikipedia which i don't really like wikipedia but it has a very good definition The thin blue line represents the men and women of law enforcement that stand between good and evil order and chaos. The black stripes above the blue line represent the public and the bottom black stripes represent the criminal. So that's the thin blue line. I have that on the back of my car. I have it on the front license plate of my car. I have it up in. Oh yeah. It's on your purse. Oh yeah. I gave you a sticker and it's on your purse. Yeah. Do you find Do you find that? we can have that sticker. We can, we can display that sticker more while we live here in Tennessee because we came from California and I would never in a million years display that on my car or at my home in California for fear of retaliation. Right. That's true. I would have never have put that on, on anything that I owned, but here in Tennessee, people actually respect law enforcement more. I do see that. And I have it all over (laughs) and I've been here almost four years and I don't feel, you know, threatened at all. People like law enforcement here. and respect law enforcement. Next question. Mom, do you know, I feel like we're, um, you're like, you're taking a test here. (laughs) Do you know what the second amendment of our constitution says? Yes. It's our right to bear arms. How do you feel about that? Do you have an opinion?
0: I'm all for it, except for even if, all the good people have guns, or if you take their guns away, you're not going to get rid of them because the criminals are going to get their guns no matter what. And the second amendment says that we all are entitled to protect ourselves and our property.
1: So, Good answer. Good answer. Okay. I have one last question for you, mom. Have you ever in your whole life, and you have to be honest, been pulled over by a cop? Yes. Only one time? Twice. (laughs) Okay. The the first time I was
0: going too slow, my car didn't run very good, and I was on the freeway
1: in LA of
0: all places, and my car was going too slow, even though I was in the right slow lane.
1: What year was this? Do you remember?
0: Oh, this was very early. Probably 62, 63. Well, how old were you? I don't know, 22, 23 years old. Okay, okay. So, uh, yeah, he stopped me. He didn't give me a ticket for that one because um, my car had been broken down. So he just told me to pull off of the freeway and and, uh, get it fixed. But the second
1: one was... Wait, time out. I want to ask you something about the law enforcement (laughs) officer. So back then, you were only 22 and you're a woman. You were by yourself in the car? Yes. Were you, did you feel safe? With him? Did you feel threatened by him? Did you feel like you got good service from him? Like tell us your experience about that.
0: I didn't feel I didn't feel like I was in any uh, trouble. Or okay. Any, uh, back then crime wasn't as rampant as it is now. And uh, if you were a, a woman alone in a car, you didn't feel that threatened. so no he gave me good advice and what to do and so I did that
1: okay and the second time you were pulled over?
0: It was in Mother's Day 1969 the year you were born (laughs) I was pregnant with you
1: (laughs) this was on Mother's Day? Yes
0: it was (laughs) and I was going home and I was almost at my house
1: wait hold on this is May's and I was born in September June, July, August, September okay so you were fat you were big (laughs) yeah (laughs) You could tell I was pregnant. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Go ahead.
0: And we're in a residential area, so I should have known better, but I must have been in a hurry because I was going too fast (laughs) in a residential area. And this police officer put his lights on, and I was almost home, so I pulled in my driveway. And when he got out, the first thing I thought of was, whoa, he's really good looking. (laughs) But he didn't even break a smile. He just came up to my window and said did you know how fast you were going and I don't remember what I replied but he was writing me a ticket and I asked him are you really gonna write me a ticket on mother's day <laughs> and you're pregnant and I'm pregnant <laughs> and he just looked at me like what kind of a question is that?" <laughs> gave me my ticket I said thank you the yeah. last time I speeded down a just residential bed
1: <laughs> He was doing his job. That's funny. So did that change your perspective of law enforcement because you got a ticket? Because the first time you got pulled over it was no big deal because he gave you advice, you didn't feel threatened, etc. But right. now, but now years later, well, only only three years later-ish, um, because you were 25 when you had me, but now you get a ticket and it's Mother's Day and you're pregnant. So did, were, you, were you mad and, and fuming about that for like weeks? Did you tell everyone in your, in your social circle about this? I mean, there was no social media back there, but was it like you got home and got on the phone and like called everyone? And guess what just happened to me? Like, what was it like?
0: Well, I wasn't, I was kind of disappointed that he would give me a ticket on Mother's Day <laughs> when I was pregnant and he could see that. But no, I didn't make a too big of a deal out of it. I told everybody about it, though.
1: Did it change your but, opinion, though, of law enforcement? Or did you still No, respect I didn't. Law
0: he did his job. And okay. I understood that. I mean, I was, there could have been children out there playing and I was going too fast.
1: Okay. Maybe you had to pee because you were pregnant. <laughs> Maybe you had to, like, get home really fast, you know. Women always have to go to the bathroom when they're pregnant, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Okay. We are wrapping this episode up, mom. Thank you so much for coming on. This is, this is amazing that you, that you said yes. I was afraid you were going to say no, but thank you for coming on and answering my questions, even though we cried a little bit, but thank you. I really appreciate all the support you've given me over the years through my career, through writing my book this past year, even though you're not going to read it.
0: Um, Well, I have an opinion on why I won't
1: read it. Okay, share that with us.
0: Well, anytime you see something or you read something in print, you cannot erase that from your mind. Mm, Right. And there have been so many things that you have went through that I don't want to have to relive
1: with you. We're, we're getting the tissues out again here. <laughs> we're on the cuff. We're on the cuff. Okay. Good answer. But uh, there are a couple chapters in there that won't make you cry if you want to read them. I know you read Shots Fired. You read that uh, because that was the scene that you remembered most. And I had you read that again because you. You uh, you remembered that scene anyway. Mm-hmm. So I did have you read that one. There are a couple more that you probably could read and not be affected, but I don't know. Everyone's different. So we'll see. But thank you, mom. I really appreciate it. I love you. I love you so much. And um, for all you family members out there and moms and dads of law enforcement, thank you for being there for your children and for supporting them through their law enforcement career. And we love you all. Have a great day. Thanks, Mom. Thank you. The Real Life Podcast was recorded and is being made available by Anchor.fm and its affiliates solely for the informational and entertainment purposes. The information, statements, comments, views, and opinions provided and or expressed on the Real Life Podcast are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers, and are responsible for all show content and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the agencies and communities that the guests may serve. Some parts of the Real Life Podcast may contain adult content intended for people who are 18 years of age or older. Please listen responsibly.